Well, hello, friends. I wanted today to explore a kind of classic holiday uh, movie, actually, kind of a, a, a movie that uh, I, for one, um, actually, when it first came out, and I saw it in the late 60s, I despised it. Uh, it's Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, the reason I want to talk about this is not just because of the obvious holiday connection, uh, but its connection to what is happening to America today. Uh, it was released 75 years ago, this month, 75th uh, anniversary. Uh, I believe, uh, although I despised it when it came out for reasons I will uh, <laughs> yeah, share with you, I think it's the best summary of American ideals uh, ever produced. Uh, now, in the late 60s, when I saw it, America was coming apart over Vietnam, the assassinations of Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert F. Kennedy. Uh, the movie uh, struck me as, as sort of pure hokum. I remember thinking it could have been produced by some propaganda bureau of the United States government that had been told to create a kind of whitewashed and white version of the United States. But you know, in more recent years, I've come around. Uh, as, as America has moved closer to becoming an oligarchy with staggering inequalities of income, wealth, and power, not seen in this country in over a century, uh, the message underlying It's a Wonderful Life um, speaks very much to what's gone wrong and what has to be done to make it right. Uh, now, as you probably know, briefly, the movie's core conflict is between Mr. Potter, played by Lionel Barrymore, and George Bailey, uh, Jimmy Stewart. Potter is a greedy and cruel banker, and George is a kind of, uh, well, he's a, he's a kind and honorable head of Bedford Falls Building and Loan, uh, the one institution that stands in the way of Potter's total domination of town. Potter rents homes to its working-class inhabitants. Uh, George and his father lend them money so they can own their own homes. Uh, and then the plot. Again, I apologize, you probably know, George accidentally loses some building and loan deposits. They fall into the hands of Potter. Potter sees an opportunity to ruin George, uh, which brings George to the bridge, where he contemplates suicide, thinking his life has been worthless, and, and the, a guardian angel. Uh, comes down and kind of turns him around. Now, this is all a cartoon version of two radically opposed versions of equality in America. In, in Mr. Potter's social Darwinist view, uh, people are equal in the very narrow sense that they compete with each other for resources. Those who succeed deserve, in Potter's view, to win because they've outrun everybody else in the competitive race. Uh, and he says this at the board meeting of the building of loan after the death of George's father, Potter moves to dissolve the entity, claiming that George's father was not a businessman. He was a man of high ideals, um, but ideals without uh, common sense can ruin a town. And Potter calls most people who merely work for a living a discontented rabble. And then George rises uh, and with quivering voice, he notes that Potter's rabble do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. Uh, and, and rather than see Bedford Falls as a kind of an arena of social Darwinist competition, George sees it as a community that thrives when its members help each other and says his father 
uh, help these people uh, so they could afford a decent life. People are, were human beings to him, he says to Potter, but to you they're cattle. And then, of course, uh, George's guardian angel shows George how bleak and impoverished Bedford Falls would be had George never lived. Potter would be rich. He'd own everything. Everybody would be dependent on him. Now, here again, of course, this is a cartoon, but it's a cartoon that's fast becoming a reality in America. Uh, it's interesting. Soon after It's a Wonderful Life was released, it came under scrutiny by the FBI as a subversive film that supposedly displayed evidence of, of Communist Party infiltration of the film industry. Uh, according to uh, historian John Noakes, who analyzed the, the FBI file, uh, you, the FBI used a report by an ad hoc group that included uh, Ayn Rand. Uh, the group warned that the movie represented an obvious attempt to discredit bankers by casting Lionel Bank, uh, Barrymore as a Scrooge type so that he would be the most hated man in the picture, uh, <coughs> which according to these sources, is a common trick used by communists. Well, it would be, you know, it would be funny uh, if actually it weren't so uh, reminiscent or redolent of what is actually happening today. Uh, I mean, we had then, a few years later, a Red Scare, obviously, led by uh, Joe McCarthy. Uh, but since Ronald Reagan, Republicans have used a Potter-like, Mr. Potter-like social Darwinism to justify everything from tax cuts for the wealthy, trickle-down economics, cuts in social safety nets. Uh, you remember Ayn Rand herself uh, was a hero to many in the Trump administration. What do you think uh, Republicans would say about It's a Wonderful Life if it were released today? Well, I think they'd probably call it socialist rather than communist. Uh, in their minds, it's the same thing. But I think the movie would make them squirm all the same, especially given the eerie similarity between Lionel Barrymore's Mr. Potter and <laughs> you-know-who.